Hi, I'm Michael Key. I'm the executive producer of IMATS, which is the International Makeup Artist Trade Show. And here we are at IMATS LA 2017. And you're listening to Battles with Bits of Rubber. Hello, that's good. That's better, I think. Yay! How's that? Mm-hmm. Is that better? I can hear you fine. That's perfect. Thank you. I think our okay. microphones are just very good. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that we're good. Our our equipment's good. <laughs> well, I actually think so. So how are you doing now you're back home? Um, I'm going through some, some post-show withdrawal. It was, it was so wonderful seeing people I haven't seen in, in a few years. And, you know, just the energy of the show is, is so high. And then all of a sudden to be away from it, back to the old grind, you know, in the shop working, working alone. It's a, it's a downer. I have to admit it. Yeah, it is. Uh, For those of you who are not aware, basically uh, last weekend was um, IMAX 2017, the first 2017 well the first IMAX of the year but also my first LA IMAX since uh, the first IMAX which I went to in 1987 so that was pretty and cool. it was a great one to be at too it really this was. was the 20th anniversary of of the LA show it was and we were both there which was cool because we haven't seen each other in probably close to five years no it's not that long. god is it that long no it can't be that no. long I think at least two Maybe I yeah. didn't feel that bad. Maybe it's, it feels like five years. Um, but um, yeah, it was amazing. There were lots and lots of things going on, and uh, I just thought this would be a, a nice time to kind of catch up uh, and just kind of go over what what we sort of saw at the show and how it went, really. Yeah, it was. You know, it it never ceases to amaze me, and I think I think you probably feel the same way. It never ceases to amaze me that I'm recognized. And on a first name basis with with people whose work I really, really admire and have been been looking up to for so long. Yeah, that was a bit of a shock. Blows my mind. Yeah, it was a bit of a shock when people like that, like Steve Laporte or uh, Michael Azaldi come up and say hi and oh, I like your stuff. You're like, Really? I had no idea who you knew. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh watching your video tutorials, which, you know, I gotta say, you're a world class talent, buddy. You may not think so yourself, but you are. I don't have a response for that, but thank you. Um, but that's not, you know, what I wanted to dwell on much. No, no, I, it's not a mutual admiration society. That's not why we're doing this. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it, it was it was good fun. And like, you know, Steve Johnson's book, Rubberhead, kicked off the proceedings yeah. on the Friday. And that was cool to see that being launched. And I've, uh, I've got one coming because I'm a, a backer of the Kickstarter campaign. So I've got one winging my way. Although I did buy one for a friend because he wanted one. So I've got one sat here on my desk now, but I'm not looking at it because I want to wait until I get mine to read it. Yeah, mine's coming in the post as well. And maybe, I'll, maybe it'll be here when I get back from Portland next week. That'd be cool. How long are you in Portland for? Um, I'm leaving today. I actually, I'm, I'm leaving and I got a, I still, <laughs> I haven't packed yet. And I'm, I'm building a, a foam latex oven in Portland, and so I need to take some some tools along with me. Uh, but I'll be back on Monday, so it's it's another quick trip. But it's been a while since I've been away two consecutive weekends, and I've got two shows that I'm building right now too. So I'm I'm a little freaked that as soon as I get back, you know, I gotta 
really hit the ground running and start pulling some late hours because both shows open the same weekend, so they're going to both be in tech simultaneously, many miles apart. And I need to, I can't, it's going to be tough to try to be in two places at the same time because they both have a lot of practical effects stuff that that needs to get worked out. Mm-hmm. But enough about me. What do you think about me? <laughs> I like your book. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that that was a big reason why I went to the show this time because I this is one of the busiest starts to a year I've had in in quite some time and I and I almost said, you know, I got to bail. I can't I can't do this. Um, I'm glad you did. I'm, it was, it was, but because it was. I've started the third edition, you know, I'm, I'm working on the third edition of my book. It was really important for me to be there to to talk to some people and try to line some things up that I because I it's going to be a major major redo. I think for the third edition and the fact that you were there, you know, it was just too, too much to pass up. Wicked man. Oh, it was so much fun. And, uh, you know, m- managed to arrange uh, breakfast. So we had some, uh, you know, breakfast with the knee caches. Oh, that was so Mike much and Aaron knee cache, which I'd never met before. So that was amazing. That was really cool. They are, they are two of my favorite people. I love them to death. Yeah. They were very, very nice. And it was just really good talking to them about stuff as well. And and spending some time over over at at Berman's shop. Oh Rob man! And Jennifer, McManus. I can't tell you the amount of the amount of cool things that happened on that week. I was only there for six days, but like I think like the second day I was there was when you came over, and then you know uh, we hooked up with Rob Berman and, and you know he showed me around his his home and his studios and his workshops, and it was just like oh, it's just like <laughs> the mecca for foam latex. It was amazing. He's such a nice yeah, guy. Yeah, it well. was cool. And just effortlessly doing, you know, he was prepping the stuff for the, you know, for the show. So he was making up, you know, the hairpiece for his beast makeup and everything. And which was something new for me. I've, I've, I've heard of that technique, but I've never seen it before. Yeah. And that was pretty cool. I can't wait to try that myself. Yeah, we'll have to explain yeah. what that, what, what that involved because it was basically like laying on crepe hair to make yeah. a hairpiece but there was no lace involved it was just glued directly to and then and then floating it off essentially in one piece to then reapply and it was major light bulb moment for me it was incredible and it was just like oh my god and it's like how long did that take cuz this hairpiece covered the face and went down the back of the neck uh, and he's like, oh, it took a couple, couple of hours. <laughs> like, of course, because you're, you're a bourbon. So, <laughs> you know, you knock this stuff out of the park with your eyes closed. Um, yeah, that would have taken me all day to do. Oh, it's incredible. Just all these sculpts and just everywhere you look, there was a prop or a sculpt or a print or something that you recognize that was just, you know, stirring stuff. Like I came out of that house like fizzing, like vibrating. I was so excited, just, you know, ready to go. It was like that every day. It was amazing. Things. He's got a company called rubberware and they make basically pre-made foam latex appliances which is pretty pretty cool stuff and um and it's it a nice line of, not, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a nice line of, of pieces it was really cool and it's just nice to see you know it done in a regimented fashion and you know everything's consistent and just the molds and just the way it was, it was just fantastic really good operation it's very yeah, I, I use a bunch of his his stuff for my advanced makeup design class at cu when we do prosthetics, a lot of them are Berman foam pieces. Yeah, no, he does know his stuff. <laughs> it's impressive. Um, that was one of the cool things about about IMATS is you know it's it's you know no matter how much you know, there's always more to learn because mm-hmm. there's always another spin on it or another take on it or 
you know, even people maybe who are starting out, they they kind of do things a slightly different way, and there's something to be gained from that. And that's what I kind of saw. You know, the amount of makeups that were done and the, the battler brushes and the various demos and stuff. It was just you know wall to wall. Yeah, everywhere you look, certainly in the in the effects room where I spent most of most of my time, I actually spent very little time out on the main main show floor where uh, there's there's a lot more beauty and and straight makeup stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, pretty much everywhere you look, there's a demo going on, and somebody's doing something that you haven't seen before. Yeah. Well, how about that? Um... The Lost Boys panel as well. I mean, oh, for, that for those, was so cool. For those of you who weren't aware, there was basically that there was an actual Lost Boys panel there. So they had some cast members, they had the makeup team, and they had in the museum they had some original molds, they had some lenses, they had some fangs, dentures. Oh yeah, the whole Kiefer Sutherland. Oh my god, I'm such a nerd for the Lost Boys, and to have been there and seen that, oh, it's just mental. And then like. You know, just to study the the lenses and everything, and look at it, and then to speak to Greg Canamar, you know, for like an hour about stuff. It was just really. Oh, and the guy that did the the original music for the opening title. Yes. Played a lot. Yeah, I mean, um, well, we're doing a makeup on you at the time, and um, you know, you hear the you hear the the start of Cry Little Sister come on, and then you kind of think this sounds not like a recording. This sounds like a live thing, and sounds a lot like the guy and then you kind of look up and it is actually yeah, the guy that was, that was pretty cool jared mcmahon whatever his name is singing cry little sister with the guitar on the stage to warm the panel up and it's just like oh my god this is amazing <laughs> so uh it was just a little bit trippy how exciting it was yeah and there was a star trek panel mm-hmm did you watch any of that star trek panel or were you on the- i did I- a, a little bit of it i was i was i can't remember what i was doing at the at the time but i was i was somewhat occupied but the nice thing about being where we were in that room is even if you weren't in the in the area where the stage was in the seats you could still hear it and if you just moved a few feet you could see the stage and and watch it from just about anywhere in the room mm-hmm. yeah, it, and it's, it was a it was a pretty good sized room it was a decent sized room, wasn't it? It was. It yeah. didn't feel too crowded because there's nice high ceilings as well. It kind of feels like you got all that space as well. But um, yeah, oh, it was so. And nice. your presentation was was really cool, though. We'll do a podcast on that. Yeah, yeah. Later Todd and I, um, basically, I had this this uh, this talk to do, which was it was a really enjoyable thing to do. But we kind of drilled really deep in it, and I want to do it as a podcast. So we've got all the content there. So we'll record that in the next week or so when you get back from Portland. <laughs> Right. Um, well, I've got to give that shout out as well. The the um, I was uh, staying out there. We 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 had a, an Airbnb place in Pasadena, uh, and it was which was really nice. It was really it was, cool. It's the folks from Titanic Effects in Belfast. It was Nuala Campbell and Erica Clark who sorted this out. And I met and and hung out with uh, uh, Nuala's husband Frankie, who's a fucking solid bloke. He's such oh, a nice all guy. all of them are fantastic. They were, and I know, I've known them, you know, when I've taught their courses, but I only met Frankie once before, but he was such a solid bloke. So uh, just a shout out to those guys, because they were amazing. So they, they sorted out my accommodation and everything. We just had a lot of fun. The whole thing was just really, really good fun. It was just yeah, six days of basically. seeing them just, maybe on their home turf one day. Oh, you'll have to come over. It'd be so much fun. Belfast love is that. absolute right. It's so much fun. Uh, the beer there is, is excellent. Um, but uh, yeah, we just had a good time. Or, you know, the day was basically spent, you know, 
having nerdgasms over the effect stuff and then in the evenings it was just like <laughs> drinking and watching tv and having it was just amazing just really good laugh um i needed it it was amazing and i didn't get any jet lag when i flew back weirdly i flew back at night and i kind of slept at night and i landed late evening so i just kind of hit the ground running so i don't even feel remotely tired which i'm very pleased about because normally i get knocked out for a few days with jet lag but not so this time cool uh and uh, we should just talk about a little bit about the makeup that i put on you i, I want to call it the hypno todd <laughs> it was it was really a lot of fun you know i i don't get a lot of stuff glued on me um not that i don't like it but it just you know opportunities don't present themselves very often no you're normally uh, the other end of the brush aren't you so yeah but it was it was fun and it's and it's interesting too seeing seeing the finished result and remembering what I was feeling as it was being applied because I couldn't see what was being done at the time mm-hmm. and going oh so that's what that was yeah there's all this kind of weird prodding going on I did cut holes in the eye so you could see out of it uh, but again I'm going to kind of like looking down a cardboard tube yeah yeah it was very very restricted vision but you could have kind of hit marks but you probably wouldn't want to have I don't know reversed a car or it narrowed my field of vision but it actually improved the focus of what i what i could see you know because i have to wear glasses for up close stuff Mm -hmm. but it actually because it's like kind of like looking through a pinhole camera corrected it it corrected my my near vision so that things were much sharper in focus even though i didn't have the the range of side to side view amazing have you ever had that when you go like swimming you wear like uh, goggles and weirdly, yeah. the refraction of the water and the shape of the lens replicate the correct prescription. You can see for miles under the water, but as soon as you come out onto the surface, it, it doesn't. It's a weird thing. Physics, man. It's cool <laughs> stuff. It is. Oh, and also uh, meeting Rod Maxwell as well. I finally got to meet Rod Maxwell. Oh, uh, yeah, and this I, is I something that we're going to do in the book. Oh, well, he's he's such a nice guy. And he was he printed up, uh, uh, you know, a, a negative, like a mold and a core for an ear and poured a silicon ear and he did that whole thing you know in front of the class and the printer he was using uh was was not an expensive printer he specifically chose you know you know a relatively inexpensive printer so i got to speak to him a little bit about that but as you can imagine there's just so much going on you can't drill too deep with all these things but uh, that was that was a big part of uh, one of my conversations with rob was about 3d printing and where things are going in the in the industry so that's i mean it's like i i can feel the hairs on my arm standing up right now just thinking about what we were talking about and what is is possible yeah uh but but you know even though you can see the striations in the in the mold of of rod's ear the cast piece itself was flawless yeah none of those it's which blows my mind because you can see the striations you could feel them and ordinarily you'd be able to tell mm-hmm. in the in it with the casting but the none of that showed up on the ear at all it, no. like, ding 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 very cool and i think those those things are kind of minor aberrations that are the result of the technology as it stands but they're not a reason to not do it because that stuff will get better kind of like printers you know when printers first came out they were slow and noisy and expensive and they've gotten quicker and cheaper and much smaller and quieter so if and they're experimenting sort of... now with materials beyond the you know pla and and some of the hard plastics where eventually we'll be able to print in silicone i imagine 
which is which would be freaking amazing absolutely amazing i'm very excited about it because a lot of people talk about this stuff and they kind of look at you like no oh, this is gonna mess you up i'm like are you kidding me i can't wait it's just like it's all part of it it's just it's all still to make cool stuff i mean well it kind of it kind of you know we've talked about the the digital side of of stuff and why i i got back into practicals because i i'm a tactile person i like touching it with the 3d printing capabilities now it's a it's that that. marriage of of practical and digital that you can actually touch the digital now yeah absolutely i think the people that might suffer might be the people that were selling you tons of plaster bandage or silicon that you might not be buying anymore but that's well they just put their efforts into something else yeah exactly it's just you know just you don't want to be the the best uh horse shoer is that even a thing a farrier yeah you know when people are selling cars next door it's kind of like you don't want to be the you know the last guy in that so it's it's still in its early ish stages but it's it's getting more and more established but it's just exciting what it could mean and you know when you see those things those results like you say you can actually pick it up and touch it and go huh this isn't that difficult to do and i can do it and suddenly it becomes very relevant to you because it it suddenly becomes very very achievable rather mm-hmm. than just this, this spears thing that you read about um so I'm, I'm very very excited about what that would mean and it's still you know you still got to be able to design stuff and come up with cool ideas but just the manner in which, just like we use silicon now when once we didn't you know it was just foam latex now we right. and we were used things. to encapsulate silicone pieces with silicone and now we're using vinyl cat plastics mm-hmm. that we can so, actually blend off the edges yeah so there's it's always this continuum of constant change and modification and improvement so yeah i i'm excited about all of it did you see the post um did you ever get a chance to see the whole the whole post uh of that link that i sent you from working artist about people wandering around imats and just being oblivious to the educational opportunities that were being presented no i didn't see that yeah can you recap yeah here, here let me let me read you let me read you this this post this was um libby lazarus posted on on working artists which is a, a facebook group and uh, it actually was the original post was written by um i'll find it later erica erica somebody sorry sorry erica but uh, says to all my to all me friends and acquaintances who are burgeoning makeup artists i had a few thoughts while working at imats i see you stand in long lines for product or to meet an insta celeb Yet I don't see you sitting in on the free seminars. I watch you walk briskly past icon after icon without a clue who they are, and I just don't get it. I have to say, you're missing the point. You are missing so many opportunities to meet amazingly talented and wonderful people and from futuring, furthering your craft by sitting and learning. It may be time to rethink your goals and to consider your destination. The door is open, and you can't even see it. I've been blessed to meet some of these people you walk on by and they care and want to watch you bloom. Wake up. <laughs> and then there were lots of replies. In the positive or in the negative? Um, yeah, for the most part, they were they were very positive, um, basically echoing the same sentiment. And I, I have to agree. That's you know you gotta gotta. It's not about going and finding the you know the best deal on on a new Mac concealer or some you know makeup forever eyeshadow while you get some great deals i think imats came came about as a as a networking tool mm-hmm. as opposed to a product environment <laughs> do you know i've had 
something similar experience where like you know you're trying to get people to be looking in the right direction about something and i mean i've had people go oh i don't need to learn about such and such because there's this video i watched about this that and the other and i'm like what video was that and they explain the video and i go that would have been one of my videos <laughs> it's just like <laughs> so it's just kind of like you know these, these videos don't come out of the ether they're made by people who give a shit about this stuff and they kind of look at the products the things made but they never occur to them to maybe then address the people that made it and find out more it's just as if they just take what's on the surface and no one's drilling deep or not enough people are drilling deep it's just, just this like condition to be a consumer and just glean what comes easily and only what comes easily which is the low-hanging fruit in terms of any kind of you know career or progress surely if everyone only does the bare minimum of effort that that's a pretty low baseline from which you can you know easily stand head and shoulders above others by you know putting some hours in yeah no i, I think pretty much everybody who goes to the show and granted there are there are non-professionals that go to the show and they're they're really only there to replenish their their personal makeup kits so when they go out clubbing they'll they'll look good but the professionals, I mean, there are learning opportunities literally at every turn, as well as, you know, on, out on the show floor with the demos and, and watching people doing the demos. If a makeup artist is trying to, that's, that's predominantly a, a straight makeup artist and wants to up their game by adding to their repertoire by learning how to glue on some rubber or do some airbrush body painting, it's all right there. Pay attention. You know, in addition to the to the classes that actually will talk about this and and teach, and there are hands on classes too. You can learn an amazing amount of stuff just by watching somebody do something instead of watching it all on YouTube, because you can actually walk around and see 360 degrees. You're seeing it in three dimensions when you're watching a demo live. It's much, to me, it's much more beneficial than watching something on YouTube, though, you know, YouTube tutorials, I do them, you do them. A lot of people do them. It's just another, another tool in, in the, in that learning toolbox. Yeah, that's it. I think the thing is to use, use the, you know, tutorials to get you going somewhere. But if you find yourself at a place like IMAX, especially if you pay for a ticket, you kind of have a duty to involve yourself in what's going on. Because like you say, there are things going on that are like, okay, I've made some videos that, that people like, and that's good, but I'm inspired by people who did stuff like 30 years ago who are there, who will answer my questions. And it's like, yeah. if, if you're not utilizing that, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, Cause you, they're there. <laughs> the question will occur to you while you're watching them do something, and, oh, that's interesting. I'm just, what What's the process in getting there? And mm. you can you can find out. Yeah. Immediate gratification. I'd like okay. to read some of the letters we've had because we've had a, a couple of interesting ones. One thing that was really cool is uh, we had an email from Caitlin. Do you remember we met Caitlin? Yeah, we I do. Emailed us years ago, well, about a year ago about something, and uh, I think it was about noses, and she was actually at the show. And it was really nice to finally meet someone that had emailed us uh, on the podcast with a question, and we helped, or I think we helped, we gave some advice, and she said it was really cool, and it was just nice to meet her and shake her hand and say hello. So thank you very much, Caitlin, for getting in touch. Um, 
It was really, really cool. And we had another letter, uh, or an email, say letter, an email from a guy called Elvis, which is pretty cool. Um, and he was asking uh, t about uh, the comfort of prosthetics. I mean, he was wondering what unknowledgeable minds, I'm not sure about that, have to offer when it comes to <laughs> designing pieces that are comfortable and practical for the actors who wear them. And I got back to him first, but you replied too. But basically, my contention is that the comfort of the actor is important to some degree, but it's kind of less, it's a secondary consideration after it looks right. And I, I guess it does depend on the cost as well. If you're talking about like a principal A-lister who's on the poster of the movie, then there's more money to be spent and you can make these modifications to make things you know, more comfortable. But a lot of the time, the things that you see on screen that are quite extreme are actually a lot more uncomfortable than you realise. And people just kind of have to suck it up. I think that's something that isn't necessarily obvious when you when you look at something. Like if someone's vision is obscured just because the nature of the makeup is what such that it covers their eyes or right. it's heavy or it digs in or it needs this sort of, you know, strap thing to their head to keep it from wobbling around. That can cause discomfort. And that's not something that we utterly avoid, to be honest. No, it's part of the the nature, nature of the game. While, you know, ideally you want, want it to look good and feel good. Um, but it's but it's not a it's not a strictly black and white issue. You know there are a number of factors that will go into decisions. Um, I think considerations for theater may be a little different than film. Mm -hmm. um, but there are a lot of factors that you have to take into consideration for the comfort level. And I think you know in my reply to him, I I listed kind of a an order of concerns, and it can the order can change. You know. Number one, I think, is always going to be safety. Mm -hmm. uh, number two, performance. Number three, appearance. And number four, comfort, though appearance and comfort may be interchangeable. Yeah, but comfort still comes quite low down on the list. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't, you want, you want to maintain the integrity of the original design without compromising performance. So, you know, I think it's never really about the makeup. Mm. Um, I think I think performance is more important than than anything. You know, the makeup is designed to enhance a performance, mm -hmm. um, but you don't want to inhibit the actor's performance by making it unbearably uncomfortable, yeah. uh, and you don't want to make it more comfortable and compromise the original design to do so mm. because because then you're it's becomes counterproductive it's interesting it's kind of it's almost like there's a another one of those venn diagrams you know with the the cheap quick and good but with <laughs> comfort yeah. safety and, and 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 looks cool kind of overlapping um i did one show uh, a few years back where there was a guy that got stabbed his character was supposed to be stabbed in both eyes he was blinded um, and so we had to put pieces over the eyes, obviously. But he actually wanted to be his vision to be obscured. He he wasn't worried about seeing because he figured my character can't see, so neither can I. Which is not everyone wants to do that. Mm -hmm. But it's the kind of thing where I've also done another thing where there was a guy whose whose face was covered with something, and he didn't want that. So we had you know we cut little slits in where the eyes were, and then we wedged in like little tubes so that he could see in between takes. And it's kind of one of those things where you know there is a time. Uh, penalty for doing that because obviously once those tubes come out we may have to re-glue the eyelids back together or fix something and then rip them open again in between every take so there's a couple of minutes maybe to fix that each time 
so if there's you know budget and time and perhaps um you know the characters important enough for them to allow that then you know that is an ideal situation but sometimes it's just like it's on some poor supporting artist who they don't care about and it's just like we just need it done we just need it done so often their comfort if they're you know like a supporting artist is way down on the you know list of concerns for the production mm -hmm. whereas whereas a performer they can kick up a stink and you know can hold up a, a production by walking out they may you know command a bit more presence but then you have the money and the prep time usually to kind of accommodate that yeah well a perfect example of of accommodating performers needs would be um rebecca romaine's mystique makeup from from x-men where you know the original design because she's essentially naked um and they've got like nine ninety plus pieces glued on her um but she's gotta at some point she's gonna have to have to go to the loo and not have to get out of makeup because it it took so long to get her into it in the first place. So it was all designed so that she could do what was necessary without <laughs> flashing through and, and, or, yeah, or damage the makeup. It's a tricky one, isn't it? It's the kind and of thing that you have to thrash out. But again, because she's a principal character there, presumably they would have spent time back and forth discussing this kind of thing. But you could have had something sure. equally as, as inconvenient or as exposing to someone that was just a supporting artist and they wouldn't have added as you know they would they would rather look for someone who is okay to deal with it because it could be anyone whereas if a principal is a principal they've come to the decision of who to, who's playing that part after a great lift of decision making and wrangling it's a big deal to get that person whereas, oh, but that know, was an interesting artist, conversation swap in and out what's that the how how to make how to design the makeups so she could do what she needed to do without Flashing sure. the crew and other cast <laughs> members inappropriately, but that was but there's, an there's, interesting conversation. It's a lot of work I know goes into like um, you know, and I've seen like suits that get fabricated, like these sort of big creature suits where you know zips and openings are, are yeah. fitted, and it's 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 one of those again, it's one of those kind of unsung hero things. You don't really think about that, but someone has to figure out how to do it, and you know, from a cosmetic point of view, it has to look you know flawless because not always it's yeah. covered with a loincloth. Sometimes it has to look like you know smooth skin or whatever. So. There's a lot of work that can go into making these sort of zips and fastenings to, to be opened up, uh, you know, and, and fastened closed again. So it's quite an interesting thing for, you know, people who are interested in creature suits. That may be a conversation I'll have with uh, Beth Hathaway for the book. Yes, that would be a good one because it's one of those things where it's, it, again, it's not really something that people think about, but, you know, the, the relationship between the performer and someone making their suit is exactly that way. It's, you know, it's, ground up how do we make these things happen how do we eat how do i see how do i breathe properly how do you maintain your temperature because if you're wearing something that's very heavy and it's a hot environment and you're doing action scenes you're going to get very sweaty um do you have some kind of cooling suit or yeah. a venting system and all those kinds of things there's lots to take into consideration so um more often than not you do what you can but i think the bottom line i wanted to get across to elvis was that you do what you can or that you you know within your budget but there is actually an awful lot of discomfort involved in, in uh, some of the more extreme creature stuff because it's just, it is uncomfortable. And you don't go out of your way to make it uncomfortable, but I think people just assume because people are famous actors and they're on screen, yeah. everything they're wearing is lovely and wonderful. And it's like, nope, they got up at three in the morning and they had that stuff stuck on for five hours and it, they hated it and it's horrible. And, you know, there's plenty of actors that worked <laughs> on that hate me because of what I've got to do to them. You know, sometimes they, they have to be a mouth breather for a day. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and the amount of times I've had to make like cigarette holders, you know, to fit past 
you know, creature mothers. Right. To, yeah. Keep uh, keep straws in your kit. Yeah, all that kind of stuff, just so they can kind of do what they got to do. But uh, yeah, there's many a, a sweaty, unhappy stuntman that's been slid out of a suit. Um, they're pretty uncomfortable. Some of those things. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've I've helped actors get out of stuff and pulling off off gloves, and that just pours out water. <laughs> I remember doing some stuff um, on Blade Two. We had these background reapers that they were painted with packs. Um, and they basically they were shaved head, they were bald, um, and they had these little pieces on, so they weren't pre-painted pieces. Uh, so they had these little pieces on the chins and the ears, and I think brow covers as well. And uh, so the whole thing was patched because it matched the paint schemes of the you know the pre-painted foam pieces. Yeah. And there was a couple of guys you get these massive bubbles of sweat that develop underneath the packs paint, and I would roll it with my brush to try and pop it like a zit and trying to get it out so it was kind of weird out. <laughs> And this one time, this jet, this jet of salty sweat shot straight into my mouth. It was <laughs> but it was a dark set, and it was, ah, oh, it was just, ah. Yeah. <laughs> could have been worse. It, it could have been a lot worse, but uh, that wasn't nice. Uh, <laughs> so think about the discomfort of the people working is, uh, on the makeups, as well as the, the poor performer who's got 20 grand a day, you know, burning hole in their pocket. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's the that's the other. No, well, I'm sure they don't look at that, but it's just that kind of thing where a lot of the times people might whinge and stuff, and you kind of go, "Dude, seriously, people are getting shot at, you know, for a lot less than what you're getting." So maybe you should just grow a pair and deal with it sometimes. So I think that wraps it up, really, dude. Well, that was that was that was cool. That was a, a fun one. Um, I'm definitely going through IMAT's withdrawal, but you know, there's another one in two months. So will you be there? I'm not sure. Are you about Where the is the next one? one? I think there's, there's the one in London. London one. In... I think the next one may be in New York. The, okay, the London one is in May. That's between the 19th, 20th, and 21st of May. Looking at my calendar. Um, so that'll be a good I one. Think, I'll yeah, certainly I think be New there. York is coming up in March or April. Well, if you can make it, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So, Todd. So, Todd, where can they find us online? Where are we? We are online um, at stewartandtodd at gmail.com for our email. You can find us on Facebook at Battles with Bits of Rubber. And you can find our podcasts on iTunes, on iHeartRadio, on SoundCloud. Just Google us. Battles with Bits of Rubber. We're out there. Wherever you get your podcasts from. Now, it's interesting, a couple of people ask me about, oh, podcasts are good, but I like videos. And I'm like, now, we do do video things, but the thing about a podcast is you can listen to it while you're doing other things. Whereas a video, you can't do that while you're driving. Whereas if you have a commute, you can catch up on stuff. And uh, obviously, we don't do things that require you to see them. I mean, it would be stupid of me to be doing a makeup application audio only, because that wouldn't sound very (laughs) effective. You need to see that (laughs) done. Now, you unroll the edge just like this. I'm describing it, yeah, so that wouldn't work. But um, but for me, I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts about all kinds of different things, um, and it's it, it's just a nice alternative to music when you've had your fill of that, uh, and it's good for commuting as well, catch up on a lot of stuff. So that's why we like the podcast format, because it also it's quicker to edit, but also you can d- listen to it while you're doing other things. That's the main reason why. Multitasking. Oh, man. We've got to do this more often. We did, and we got these T-shirts made up for the show as well. So maybe we should do a little competition, see if we can send one of those out to somebody. And we got a lot of stickers. 
We do have a lot of. We have some vinyl, some vinyl stickers, and we've got some some oval stickers. So so let us know if you need a sticker. I'm sure I'll sort them out, but maybe just have a little competition. That'd be quite good, and then send yeah. some prizes out. But uh, yeah, so do email us, like I say on the show, stuartandtodd at gmail.com, and hopefully we'll hear from you soon. Looking forward to it. Cheers, buddy. Take care. All right, man. Bye. So we're just getting ready to uh, do Todd's makeup. Found the table. We're looking for a chair. Yeah, boy. Do you want a makeup chair? Well, just something that I don't have to bend over to do it. And, you know, I got stuffy knees. I got a very stuffy nose today. So I sound a little bit nasally. Hey, how are you doing? So here we are on Thomas Sopranon's uh, stand, IMAT, and uh, I'm sticking I'm on sorry. some ears. Uh, Do you need to eat or drink anything? No, no, I'm good. Pulling these edges down. Hey, sure. Sorry, I just ran off like that. <laughs> Used to it. <laughs> See, that's another thing about every one of their silicone. Don't get me wrong, I do love encapsulated prosthetics, but around the mouth where it's really moist and around the nose, I have never had so many problems with oh, prosthetics. No. Once those corners go off, because it's translucent, you can't fix it so easy because you can see all your repairs. Right. And it starts looking like a skin disease or something.